and welcome back to another episode of the Curating Cozy podcast. You know, over the years, there are so many pieces of ourselves that evolve and change. And whether believe it, whether we believe it or not, each one of us is creative. And all of us have, have the capability to make impactful change on our lives and the lives of those around us through creating in any capacity. My guest today is someone who knows that all too well. She has certainly come a long way from Quincy, Illinois, to Second City in Los Angeles, to now an award-winning actress, writer, and producer. While you may think that all of her creating is done in front of a camera or on stage, that's simply not the case. I am completely in awe of the work that she's done over the years, and I cannot wait to dig in and talk to her all about how creating can truly transform us. Please help me welcome Brooke Tranter. Hey, Brooke. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hanging in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's funny that you used hey, girl, hey. That was our... (laughs) Just taking it back. Taking Taking it back. Taking it way, way back. (laughs) I... So I first met you literally the first day of college. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We lived on opposite sides of the same floor. We did. Moving into adulthood together. I know. God, that seems like a million years ago. I think it was a million years ago. (laughs) Wait, it was? Are you sure? Okay. I mean, probably not a million, but like close to it. It feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) So, oh. I think we should just dive on in. And could you give everyone a little quick intro about yourself? For sure. Um, I currently live in Los Angeles, California. I have been acting my entire life. That's uh, I went to school, the same school as Kathleen, but I got my BFA in acting. And then pretty much as soon as we graduated, I moved out to Los Angeles to pursue TV, film, and improv and have kind of been doing that since. It's quite the journey, but um, I love it out here and it's really become a wonderful that's awesome that you've been doing this your whole life. I did not realize that it had been a total lifelong um, journey for you. Yeah. Um, I think it was uh, such a blessing. Quincy is uh, my hometown, Quincy, Illinois. And it was just like an incredibly, um, I don't know, there was just so many arts in town, whether it was at the community theater or in the programs in the school system. Uh, so there was just, there were drama clubs and, and music clubs. And I think it was such a great way um, to express myself as a child. And my parents kind of got me in that. I think I was in my first play when I was three years old and I wow. literally never stopped. I just, that was the thing. That was my thing. Yeah, That's awesome. And yeah. I'm, I count myself lucky to have gotten to see you live. Oh my gosh. That's right. You guys drove down. Oh man, when we, was that? We, that was the year we moved out here, I think. So I want to say 2013. Wow. Like yeah. No, November, I think. I think it was November of 2013. And we were in LA for 
another event and to visit family. And Brooke was performing at Second City. And yeah. I told him we were going to be in town and you got us tickets. Oh, yeah. That was so much fun. Oh, and then, that was the and best. we went out afterwards. Oh, yeah. I, there are few times in my life where I have felt cooler than I did that night hanging <laughs> out with like the <laughs> cast of Second City. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. Wow. Those were the days. I missed that incredibly. Just like, you know, going outside, really. Um, (laughs) But, you know, socializing with people. That that was such a fun night. I was so grateful that you guys came. That was wonderful. It was. It was really fun. Yeah. So in in addition to, you know, doing plays from the time you were three, which is crazy, you know, is there, where else does your love, where else does your love of creating come from? I think... My parents were always really creative in their own ways. Like in the summers, uh, between me and my sister and my parents, we would always be making little home videos and movies and and um, creating little little lands within our 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 home. Um, we just were always encouraged to use our imagination, and and I think I took that quite literally. Um, yeah, <laughs> but they were they were always so I think that was the key to it all you know not everyone has that kind of support especially when going into this career so I just want to say like how grateful I am and how I I truly know how privileged I am to have had that support from the beginning but they were just always really creative um, playful people and you know my dad loved comedy so I grew up watching SNL and and hearing all about the glory days of SNL from him and my mom loves rom-coms. So we were just kind of always consuming um, film and television as well. And I I think that must have been where I um, really developed a love for that particular sect of entertainment. And I'm sure that that had an impact on how you not only acted, but also write and produce and all that sort of stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a key component to that as well is work ethic and that's just something that is so ingrained in my family, like um, having come from uh, immigrants generations ago and farmers, like no matter what you do, it's all about the work and, and the effort you put into it. So I think that is the one thing that even though my parents knew I was doing something quote unquote different, their expectations of my, my work were still quite the same and, and high. And I, I value that very much. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome that you had so much support. Yes. So I have to ask you, yeah. as as a creative, how much of your art imitates life? And then also how are you how are your art and life intertwined? And I'm thinking kind of in particular of certain aspects of your career. Botanical Bays comes to mind. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but in addition to that, just in terms of all of the acting and art that you've done, um, how do they go hand in hand? Yeah, I think it's interesting the the older we get, you know, the wisdom kind of sets in about things that our, our you know, mentors and adults have told us for so much of our life. But, you know, a lot of my professors in school would always just be like, you know, you're going to get to know yourself so much better. And that will really inform who you are as an actor, as a storyteller. 
And at the time, you just like want to believe that you know everything about the world. But <laughs> it's so it's so true. And um, having to live in this world um, and and hustle and do all the things that you know professors can't really teach you in college about what the hustle looks like. They can only prepare mm-hmm. you that it's going to be a hard one, right? Yeah. Um, but I think I think the more in tune and the more confident I get about loving myself, that that always is going to um, translate into me wanting to tell stories from my life as I really understand those stories for what they are and the relationships that have come into my life and the impact they've had. So um, really anything that I write is going to have, it's definitely going to come from my life in, in some way, whether it's, you know, it's usually not really autobiographical as like me yeah. showing literally, but there's always going to be elements like botanical bays. You know, at Second City, they always encourage us, like, you can't laugh at anything. You can't laugh at other people unless you're willing to laugh at yourself. Yeah. There's no there's no room for ego in comedy. There's just, there's really not. So yeah. my friend Aaron, who was the co-creator of uh, Botanical Bays and I, we just, we were at a place where we wanted to start creating together. And then that just happened to be the time where I had really just become obsessed with plants yeah and I was like well wait I have 50 plants in my studio apartment in Los Angeles what could we do and it's like uh well you know and this was before plants were popular believe it or not like the way they are right. today and we kind of got in at the right time because they it was just about to explode and we were just crazy plant ladies as opposed to crazy cat ladies our yeah. characters were just obsessed with their their plant babies and then Sure enough that that we really got in at the right time because then by that summer, that was all people were talking about was like the new trend of being plant parents. And then that's when we got the write up in the L.A. Times because that's Mm -hmm. literally what they were focusing on were were millennials who maybe don't have time or resources for a family at the given moment. Like, what does it look like to then care for Plant, plants, which I'm saying this out loud, and I know I sound crazy, and that's okay. Um. <laughs> and I think I think people just need to go watch Botanical Bays, and I'll put a link to it because it is perfect, so funny, and like because I because also I think during this time of sheltering in place and you know social distancing, people are kind of it's the whole plant lady and plant parent movement has kind of uh gained more attention again yeah certainly i say that as i am staring at all of my new succulents and plants on my desk oh yeah me too you know and i was watching an episode of botanical bays and it was the one where you're repotting one of your plants (laughs) okay yeah i would actually that's a funny episode because that i don't know if you can tell like it was it was total shock it was okay yeah you could could tell (laughs) i watched it because i was like oh i was i was potting my plants earlier today this will be funny and i watched it because all the episodes are you know three or four minutes long and i was watching it and i saw you pull the plant out of the pot (laughs) And I was, and you saw the that the roots had grown all around this pot, and I and your face was just. I mean, you you snapped it back to your character really quick, but you could tell that like, whoops, this was not the way it was meant to go. Yeah, that was definitely a live a live telling of a uh, a, a plant owner mistake, but yeah. yeah, that's a funny one. I forgot about that. That was funny. 
And then watching you try and cut the pot apart. That was, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you, you win some, you lose some, I guess. Yeah. Although I still but, have that plant and it is thriving. So, well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So you there did you the go. right thing. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That is so funny. That's hilarious. But I, but I do understand the idea of taking aspects of your own life and putting them into your own art because I do that a lot with photography, even if it's not my own family that I'm photographing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, when I take pictures of other people, like the style that I've developed over the years is very much, you know, capturing a moment as opposed to getting this perfectly posed picture. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's kind of what I want in my own life. Like, I like having pictures where we're all looking at the camera. It's nice, but I like having real genuine moments frozen more than that. Even if oh, it's, for sure. you know, a kind of a set up moment, but that's, it's still genuine. Yeah, you know, and you can, I and love that. And you can that. tell that the joy is, is there. And um, I mean, and having little kids while challenging sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time. Uh, it makes it makes it really fun to kind of ex, you know expand my creative wings and figure out new things to do with them, and you know whether it be just taking pictures of their everyday life or setting up some crazy situation and taking pictures of it. You right. Know, it's, I don't know. It, well, it's taking a lot of what I. I don't know what I in how am I gonna say that? Well, it's essentially, just what I, it's just what I like. Yeah. Well, I think essentially you're speaking to like how I create a lot too. And especially in my directing is you're taking the expectations that you have going into a project or a day with your kids and being willing to improvise with it. Right. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. is exactly how I, I direct. It's like, we have the words on the page. We know what the story is. But if there's like a moment that is just like so on fire, like I have to capture this, like mm -hmm. I'm not going to cut, I'm not going to call cut my, I'm going to trust that my actors are going to continue to like live in this moment until I do call cut. And then you're actually, you, what you're doing is you're, you're capturing true, true moments, true, right. um, true new new things between people which like you're saying is just like life like yeah being able to improvise with your kids and like wanting your day to go one way and maybe it'll go another but instead of beating yourself down about that like embracing it embrace right. looking away from the camera embrace the moments that are really authentic because that's what we crave in life are those authentic yeah. moments yeah oh for sure yeah and I think that one of your works that really speaks to that so well is yours or mine yeah and because just the way and like from a photographic mind too like i was watching it and it it's it is filmed so well oh, oh my goodness thank you i mean you. i'm not a, i'm not like a, i i do some video i don't do a ton of video but watching it it was like for an eight minute short it's so unbelievably captivating wow. and that and it really goes with what you said about like taking those moments and finding that genuine emotion and running with it yeah 
Yeah. Thank you for your kind words. That means the world. And that was, that is a, a film that is very loosely based on my life and my struggle with eating disorders. Um, but again, exactly what you're talking about, just like finding those moments. I think in life, I think when, when we're with, sorry, I, I jump around with my thoughts a That's lot. Okay. Uh, but I, I think too. in life we like, we are always struggling to like say the best thing or, or take up space when we're with people and like keep conversation going. And there's something mm -hmm. really beautiful about silence too. And, oh, yeah. and conclusions that we can come to th through silence. And, and we spent, we spend a, our lives. There is a lot of silence that we don't necessarily explore in TV and film. Cause like you're talking like, it's a story. We need to know what's right. happening. But as you see between like Allie and Evan, a lot of those silent moments say so much more than words could too. Oh, a hundred percent. So yeah. I mean the last oh. like whole minute of the film is silent. Yeah. So, yeah. or at least there's no, there's no speaking. Right. Music. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel that with photos too, you know, yeah. and, and they say like, oh, a picture is worth a thousand words. But truly, I think when you look at pictures, you know, and I look at the ones that are like up around the house, it's, it's about kind of reading in between the lines. Yeah. I guess with, with creating that. Yeah. I think yeah. the beautiful thing about imagery too is that one picture, I mean, we make assumptions based on an image, right? Based oh, upon yeah. our, our own life and experiences. And, mm -hmm. and what's so crazy about that is that that same image can have a completely different life and story in someone else's heart and mind. And, oh, for um, sure. I, oh yeah, imagery and photos help me so much when get, gearing up for a film as well to find inspiration um yeah in, in the in the deepest way oh i can't wait to see what you guys what you do next yeah i'll have to send you a link to um our next film <laughs> that <laughs> is supposed to be on the festival circuit right now what a joke what a oh. joke um well, that kind of leads <laughs> it does kind of lead into my next question which is okay. how has your career shifted since the pandemic started oh girl um <laughs> Well, yeah, the first thing was like everything was shutting down and we were we were gearing up. So this was the biggest short that I had um, I've ever shot um, budget wise or, or uh, scope wise. So we shot that last year and we were gearing up. This would be our like festival circuit. And yeah. we had gotten into some really big ones. The one we were most excited about was Florida Film Fest. That's a Academy Award qualifier. So we were like gearing up to travel. And yeah. uh, like I did last year for yours or mine, I was like on the road or in the air all around the world, like pretty much almost 12 months. And then wow. everything shut down and it was like, wait, what? And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and complain because I had friends who had films for the first time at like South by Southwest and oh, gosh. yeah, to see like so much of their work in their life. But you know, like then you have to adapt, right? Because they're not just going to mm -hmm. like cancel these people so it was right. really cool to see like south by partnered with amazon and they <clears throat> they streamed a lot of short films and films via that platform which was such a blessing and i i would argue that like maybe more people got to see it that way you know yeah um but it, it's been every day i'm just learning um so yeah so a lot there was a lot of disappointment and like not being able to go to those festivals but as of now, some of them are rescheduling or gearing up to do like a virtual festival, kind of like South oh, cool. by did. 
And but then as far as acting goes, like pretty much as soon as <laughs> I, I don't I'm not laughing. Sorry. Pretty much as soon as Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson had COVID. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Literally, as soon as Deadline released that, everything shut down. Every Because yeah. they realized, I just think, for some reason, it took someone that we all love to be like, oh, yeah. this is real? R- Tom has it. It's real. Yeah. Which I have my own thoughts about. But, like, of course it's real. Right. So it was the next morning that all productions were shut down. And you have to understand that that's, like, that that's never happened. I don't think ever in ever. history. From yeah, yeah. And then like the next day, the NBA was shut down. So it was just like massive and very quick. And then you're, you know, there. We had just gotten out of pilot season. Pilot season is when um, networks are picking up shows, new shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a huge deal when a pilot goes because every pilot season you have maybe six hundred to to several thousands pilots are pitched and only a select few handfuls are, are chosen. Right. So yeah. I had friends that were, had a pilot picked up huge to NBC. Like you have yeah. these huge monumental, monumental points in your career that you've been working towards for 10, 20, maybe 30 years. And then, yeah. and then it's canceled. And I think what we've all realized in every industry in this world is that like, we can control as much as we can, but we really don't have control of, over anything. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So the, the industry shut down, but then like my acting classes continued and we, we, huh. um, our studio completely transferred everything to online. So yeah. for the past four months, you know, I've been acting almost every day. I've been hosting, we rehearse, we rehearse our scripts. We are still acting almost every day via zoom. And it's, it's a completely different way of acting but now that the industry is slowly opening up and auditions are happening like they're happening on zoom so you have to learn instead of like booking the room walking into a casting room and like really booking that you have to be able to like show up with all your energy and all your presence on a screen yeah which which is a i'm sure a, a very different feel Totally different. I'm. I'm glad. I'm. I was glad to have so many friends and colleagues continue to, to show up. You know, to show right. up for the art because, especially those first few months when there was so much unknown. I mean, not mm-hmm. that we know anything right now, but no, those first few months were hard, and and it was hard for people to show up, and some people chose not to, and and that's okay because I think we're all just like processing being in a pandemic. And that oh, yeah. does I mean, not equate to the same thing for everyone at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, when everything shut down, I mean, I thankfully had, was kind of done with my bulk newborn sessions that I did earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have many studio sessions booked for those first few months of, of sheltering in place, which I couldn't have done anyway. But it was really interesting trying to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to shift gears? Yeah. What am I going to do creatively to continue working and not go crazy with my kids every day? Right. Which is, you know, I did a little bit anyway, but that's okay. But that's when I said, all right, well, you, like Kathleen, you have this background in teaching. You've always wanted to build an online course, why not build it for something that you currently can't do? 
Right. And because I, I, you know, I love, I love going into hospitals for fresh 48 photos and taking pictures of babies, you know, when they're just born. Baby babies. Yeah. Like baby babies. And, or even taking actual birth photos. And I can't do that yeah. right now. So I made a course on how parents can take pictures at the hospital or lifestyle newborn photos at home on their own, like even with their iPhones. I love and, that. And it was a great way to try and create some extra income, but also do something that, you know, still felt good and creative, mm-hmm. but different. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's been crazy. Yeah. Ooh. That's great. I love that. Thanks. I got one of those. I was waiting for so long because I had this new camera my dad got me for um, Christmas. And I was hoping to um, kind of take, I don't know, like a like a scrapbook imagery kind of thing for quarantine. Like what did quarantine look oh, for yeah. me look like for me in 2020? And of yeah. course the camera broke and then oh. the the people who I send it to to get repaired. I don't think it's fully repaired. Anyway, I ended up um getting the i iPhone 11 Pro. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's not the same as a camera, but wow, that it's it is nice. It is nice. Yeah, that's the one that I have too. And yeah. I love it. Yeah, it was a great investment, and um, I've been filming some things on it, too. It's, yeah, wow. I'm glad. I'm glad I made the upgrade. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So other than acting, what are some of your favorite ways to create? Um, I mean, yeah, I'll just, like, kind of put in that whole – uh, I guess category like acting, writing, directing, producing. I kind of yeah place those together anymore. But I also have always I've just always been super creative when it comes to cooking. I have crazy oh, food cool. allergies, so I'm always constantly like uh, trying new things or or attempting to take my own um, spin on dishes. And then I don't do it much anymore. But I used to love to draw and paint. Uh, I think I get that from my dad. He was always really, really great at sketch and painting. And um, I've kind of dabbled in that a little through quarantine as well. Again, just like another creative outlet, like how to um, process, I guess. Oh, for sure. What's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think cooking is good for that too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, making a comforting meal and problem solving with the food allergies. Yeah. And then yeah. since directing the past couple years, I've really, I just love taking photos. I love, like we were talking about earlier, just the storytelling behind an image is so fascinating to me. So I've been going mm-hmm. on these long walks through LA. Um, I walk over to this reservoir and I'm just like, you know, I love people watching. I think that comes from my acting, but then like taking yeah. photos of things that really scream out to me um, in nature or just very, you know, vintage cars always speak to me in a weird way, like Mm -hmm. things like that. And just capturing, capturing those moments. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, I, I love hearing about how other people create and like process things through 
creating because I like for so long I didn't think that I got a creative gene because I couldn't draw to save my uh. life. and and still cannot for the record like <laughs> like you know my stick figures look about as good as my four year olds do <laughs> but. And, and, you know, I come from a long line of people who are very, very talented in the creative world. I mean, my grandfather was a, like a, he was such a phenomenal, like sketch artist and could draw, you know, anything. Wow. Um, my grand, my grandma was an amazing quilter and needle pointer and, and knitter. And my mom has absolutely taken that, um, you know, to the same level. Mm-hmm. And my uncle's an architect. Oh, and yeah. They, you know, so that's like, that's their whole family of four. And they all have or had very creative minds. And I just never thought that I got that gene at all until it was like a couple of years into having my photography business. And I was talking to my therapist and she was like, you know that like you're creative too, right? Like, this is not a... Like, very you know, much so. Very, yeah. very much so. <laughs> She's like, this is, like, the same talent, just in a different form. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Which I think and... is just true about all humans. I think we right. are born creative creatures, and we just have to tap into it or understand how, how it shows up within us, you know? Um, I just always think it's so funny when people try, just like you said, like, I'm not creative or I'm like, what? Oh man, you're a creative being like the most creative. Yeah, I know. But and like cooking is like, I mean, my husband loves to experiment in the kitchen Mm -hmm. with food and, you know, put different things together, like things that I kind of make me look and say maybe I'll let you try that first (laughs) yeah yeah but he loves to experiment and be creative and like that's his creative outlet and so like when you were talking about cooking or you know taking walks and pictures like I love that I mean and I think that anyone can be you know tap into that creative side of themselves even if it's just coloring oh yeah coloring is great coloring is the best coloring brings me so much I think tranquility and I, I remember feeling that way when I colored as a kid too. It just, Mm -hmm. it takes your mind off everything. It puts you in your body. It's the best. Oh yeah, for sure. When I was going through like my toughest mental health struggles, I colored a lot because I was, I, you know, I didn't really know what else to do. Yeah. So I, I just colored and it was great. I bought a lot of gel pens. Oh my goodness. Oh, gel pens. I know. So it also got me, because I'm very nostalgic and I love, well, gel pens are not a tradition, but I love the idea of, you know, tapping into your childhood for different things. Oh, for sure. You know, thinking back to like sixth grade with all my gel pens and getting to use them again. They're pretty great. They were the best. Like metallic glitter ones. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we drew all, all over everything with those. That's yeah. so funny. All over my assignment notebook. Yes, and then we would get in trouble for it sometimes. Like if oh. we, if we like, sometimes I remember doodling on assignments or stuff, and oh, there yeah. was like a mandate in our school, like no more gel pens. Oh gosh, the gel pens. Uh, They're gonna take over. I think we had so like a no. Funny. We had like a no yellow or orange gel pen rule. Okay, okay, that makes because sense. Because it was actually difficult to read. 
Yeah, that Which, totally makes know, sense. I wouldn't want to read that as a teacher either. So I get no. it. Oh gosh, no, no. That's, <laughs> That's thinking great. back to my years as a, thinking back to my years as a teacher, I I remember it happening and thinking like, oh, that yeah, no, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna we're gonna do the the dark color rule again here. <laughs> yes, 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 a thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. So how? I mean, you kind of talked about this a little bit, but for people who don't think that they're creative, you know, how can you incorporate creativity into your daily life and then how and how do you how do you believe it really affects our overall stress levels oh for sure I mean I think it also has to do with just knowing yourself really well like what what kind of person are do you are you what kind of way do you do you like to create do you like drawing is that something you remember from being a kid and you never really tapped into it or maybe it's spoken word. Um, you know, there's so many people, like like you, like even having a podcast, that is such a creative yeah. outlet. I just think there's so many resources these days of, of so many different ways we can express ourselves. I think yeah. sometimes it just takes trying things and not being afraid of it, not, not going into something new thinking it has to be perfect. Because maybe you go into, yeah. maybe you go paint and you're like, oh, wow, this was not successful in the way that I thought, but maybe that leads you to, I don't know, tie-dyeing. You walk by like a tie-dye kit at the store and that leads you to like making really cool designs. Who knows? But like, I'm just, I just think you can never be afraid to try new things. If that's one thing I've learned is just always have an open heart and mind to, to new ways of expressing and thinking because I think that just always brings us to really great um, new things in this life. And we should never be scared to continue to learn Yeah, about ourselves and, and others. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes so much sense. And, and I think that kind of what we were talking about earlier, where there are so many things that are creative, even if you don't realize they're being creative, like plants, yeah. like, like plant, like repotting plants and arranging them. That's creativity it is you know it really is making a bouquet of succulents that is expressing yourself artistically a thousand percent yeah 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 and and knowing that if you don't do something perfectly the first time that it's okay I mean I I killed several succulents over quarantine yeah because I didn't realize that I had planted them in the absolute wrong soil sure yeah but you but you're just continuing to learn it wasn't like anything you did wrong and I think sometimes our maybe it's maybe it was growing up with like our generation but there was always such an emphasis on like getting things right and perfect and and I just think if we also let that go and just realize that that's not what life's about and like we can get really messy with our creativity Mm -hmm. and not have to prove to anyone like here yeah. I did I did it and I did it perfectly you can just be like man I did that and that was crazy and I love it yeah. and it doesn't I don't have to prove anything to anyone you know right and I think that some of that comes from our generation really growing up with social media sure and in a different way than other generations did yeah. I mean now kids are so saturated with it from the time they're so young that it's just what they're used to and you know facebook was becoming a thing when we were in high school yeah and instagram wasn't even a thing 
remember at my wedding, just eight years ago, someone was saying like, oh, I'm Instagramming the crap out of your wedding. And I was like, what does that even mean? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know? And, and when we were planning our wedding, someone said, I'll never forget this. Because at the time, it, it like... It, it was it was just a regular conversation that we had, but looking back, it is so funny. She she said, "Man, you should look at this new website. It's called Pinterest. You would love it." How funny is that? Isn't that funny? Oh and, my gosh! And now it's like one of the biggest search engines in the world. Yeah, yeah. But I think that there's also this idea, especially with the age of social media, that I think thankfully is starting to change now, but. For so long, it was that people didn't really realize that these were just highlight reels. Right. Yeah. And it's not everyone's real life. And so I think the comparison game could get really strong if you don't take a step back and say, this all isn't real. Like these, you know, these moments might be nice, but it's not. A thousand percent. Perfect. Which is why I like to do some behind the scenes stuff with photography, too, and show like, well, see this picture of my daughter in a sink with lemons and strawberries and how beautiful it is? Well, like, and how my kitchen looks like it's immaculately clean? Well, here's the other side of the kitchen that is full of all the crap that we moved for the photo. A thousand percent, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that's so important just um, for sanity, sanity's sake of, like, we're not just all trying to be these... I don't know, cookie cutter, whatever. Um, And I think, yeah, I would encourage people to just show show more. If, if, if that is your way of creativity. Okay. So that's even creative, like having an Mm -hmm. Instagram life or a social media profile. Like I just encourage people again to just like find the mess in that. What does that mean? Like, I don't know the, the age of perfectionism or filters or whatever all this is that we do. Like, I don't know. That's not, I don't think that's actually the stuff we're really attracted to. I think we're attracted to authenticity. We want people that remind us that we're real, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is thankfully coming to light more and more. And people are willing to be a little bit more vulnerable and step into the messy and kind of see where it leads. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's fun. I love being, I love, like, now that I am fully embracing the idea of being creative, I, it's just so fun. I know, I know. And then this has been such an interesting time to, like, really explore what that is, too. Like, I used to love to read poetry when I was a kid. I found mm-hmm. it so cathartic to read words in, in that way. And yeah. I just stopped. And I have yeah. no idea why. Just life just happens and you just stop. So I've been reading a lot of poetry in uh, quarantine. Oh, my goodness. It's like going right back to there. Like, oh, yeah. Like, my heart sings this way. I just love it. Love it. Yeah. And it's comforting. Yes. Yeah. You know? And and that's what I love is that, like, that really works for you. And what works for you might not work for me or for someone else. Yeah. And and you, you just have to find what does work because I mean even as a former English teacher like poetry is not my favorite right and um I mean I do like there's certain poems I just love and and cannot get enough of but um yeah it's just about finding 
what makes your heart happy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so what are you looking forward to in the next couple of years as either things start opening up, you know, what sort of acting projects are you doing or directing or just yeah other things? Yeah, that's so interesting to even <laughs> try to know, think of the future. I, yeah. I just, I will say in like a very generalized statement of the future is I just like, I really look forward to continuing to grow and telling stories that just ignite my soul. And I look forward to, I think, I'm hoping that our industry is going to take a huge shift um, Mm -hmm. with the realizations that have happened in our world lately. And and I look forward to uh, watching and hearing and hopefully helping produce uh, stories and films and and scripts by more women of color. Um, And... I just, I look forward to what that looks like. I look forward to our TV and our, our film or, you know, the film world. I, I, I really look forward to that looking more like our world that we walk through. Um, and I, and I want to hear just like we were talking about like authenticity. I want to hear those stories from people and I want to uplift them. And if that means, um, on the writing page or directing or acting with, those people, I, whatever that is, I look forward to it and I, and I welcome it with open arms. Um, it's kind of hard to have tangible goals right now, but I think I just continue to like remind myself of like, you know, um, the, the gifts I were, was the gifts I was given were not, um, for no reason. So I've just got to continue to write while I can and, and um, try to hear what other people have to say, but um, yeah, it's just a, it's a tough time right now. But I'm sure I'm sure the whole the whole world will look different in the next two years. But I, I hope it's for the, for positive change. I, I will say that. I hope I am praying yeah. for that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love all of that answer because it that I feel like that is a big goal and something to really look forward to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had you. I have no doubt that you're going to create amazing things and give uh, some amazing performances and tell amazing stories. I really love that you keep saying you're a storyteller because that's like plastered all over my website. And my <laughs> yeah, but like, like I'm a storyteller because it is about telling stories. It life is. is about, it's life is about telling stories, and so you do it through you know, acting and directing and writing. And I do it by trying to capture someone's story yeah, through a series of moments. And yeah, so I love that. Yeah, we are. We're all storytellers. We are all storytellers. And I always say that, you know, you have to start with telling your own story, Mm -hmm. whatever that, whatever that means for you. So Mm -hmm. You know, if that means coloring in colors that make you feel good, I mean, that's part of who you are. Yes. Your story. Yes. A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So before we go, I have to ask you, what would your ideal cozy day look like? Okay. I have to follow you up with in the current circumstances or... In the world that we once knew. <laughs> um, let's say in the world that we once knew, because I, I have to hope that 
although we will never go back to that exact same world, I want to hope that like we'll be able to leave our houses. Yeah, me too. So me too. And travel, travel, travel. Yes. Um, Yes. An ideal day for me. And you wait, rephrase that. What kind of day am I envisioning? Just like ideal cozy day. So a day that just makes you feel good in mind, body and soul. Yeah. I mean, my morning routine is everything. And I think wherever I am, like completing that routine is golden. So whether it's like, so I, I'm an early riser and I always wake up and I meditate. I have like devotional prayer time and then I uh, write and read. And then there's usually um, some sort of creative creative aspect to it whether it's like after I'm journaling maybe I write part of a script or uh play some music or I don't know some something to start the day but my Mm -hmm. routine is everything but like I've done that routine in London before I've done that routine in Paris before I've done it in Palm Springs in Illinois like it just it grounds me wherever I am so yeah I think as long as I have that to start the day with um really like anywhere in the world it's it's ideal and then if I'm creating in some way through that day whether being on set or being on a call and um, coming up with new script ideas with friends uh, or having an acting rehearsal with my acting class like as long as I'm creating in some way through the day that's like the coziest most joyful um, day to have yeah and there's always 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 a nap in there somewhere. Oh. And you're going to hate me. I, I know because you have two kids and no. I don't know how you do it, but <laughs> I hope that sometimes you get to close your eyes when theirs are closed as well. <laughs> I mean, let me, let me tell you that there have been plenty of times where I have put, you know, a movie on for my kids and I will take a nap. Yes. Or, yes. you know, if, if Charlie is still in her crib taking a nap and Henry woke up before I was ready to be done with my nap, you know, he got a little bit of iPad time so that yeah. I could sleep. I would hope so. so. Yes. Naps. I am all about the naps. Oh, girl. They're just the best. And I they have really so many are. adult friends who are like, how do you nap? I'm like, it's really easy. I sit my yes. butt down and I close my eyes wherever <laughs> I am. I could fall asleep anywhere. I swear. Oh, yeah. I mean, like before I had kids, I took naps at least once a day. Yeah. Even when I was teaching, I would come home from school and take a nap Mm. and then wake up and eat dinner and grade and then and plan and then go to bed. But napping was always a priority. Essential. It's essential. It is. At least, it really is. Yeah. I so, where, so how would you end your day then? If you're creating during the day, what's your kind of wind down? Um, Like a typical day. Usually there's like some sort of socializing, whether, you know, like now it's on Zoom, yeah. like I'm doing like a happy hour with friends from college or mm-hmm. um, talking with my family. But there's usually a glass of wine. And some sort of entertainment. I love going to bed feeling inspired for the next day. So, like, yeah, it's interesting because for some people, they like to watch TV to, like, zone out. I wish I could do that. I just can't. It's, like, it's my job. So I love to – 
I would hope to go to sleep after watching a show that really inspires me or a film or a documentary that makes me think a different way. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I have a night routine too, Kathleen, I have a night routine and it consists I love that. of a bath and a hot tea and some sort of reading because that I can't be perfect. on my phone before I go to bed. Like, I feel like yeah. my brain is like, no, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I always, I always sleep better when I have, when I do my, my nighttime routine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's imperative. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. That's, I, that's so funny that you say you, you can't like watch TV just to relax anymore. I mean, the only time I've ever really been able to do that was when like in college, I guess we watched a lot of, uh, reality TV, like Real Housewives. Mm -hmm. That's the only time that I feel like I can zone out and just watch yeah. Any other narrative piece? I'm just, I can't, I mean, I guess to some extent I do, but I'm still thinking of the shots or the writing or the story itself or, oh my gosh, who's that actor? I got to look that actor up. Oh God, they're great. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. or who directed this? It's insane. But like during quarantine, I've been, I re-binge watched Jane the Virgin. Oh yeah. Great. Oh, it's just, it's so creative. Yeah. Yeah, truly. In the truly. way that they filmed it with, you know, the text messages, the flashbacks. Yeah. I mean, this and the story was is like crazy enough where I didn't feel like it was like watching people interact in a normal way society. Yeah. 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 Stop hugging. Oh my god, don't touch her. I know. <laughs> totally yeah yeah I feel the same for sure for sure oh yes this has been so great you made my week and thank you for having me it means so much Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So I wish you all the best on all of your creative adventures. Well, thank you. And I cannot wait to see your new short. Yes. Yeah. I will get that over to you to look at for sure. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Creating Pages podcast. I hope that you learned something. Hope that you get your creative wings and fly 